Welcome to the fusion verse, where anything can happen, bubbles burst, and translate to pig Latin, so sit down and relax, as we speak in facts. Hello, hello, welcome everyone to the fusion verse podcast, episode number three, where did the man with the van go? Alright, so... A couple of weeks ago, I was joking around with um, True Crime Podcast with the starter packs and stereotypes that it carries. And there was there really isn't any ill intent towards those podcasts. You know, I like those podcasts. I watch them from time to time. But, you know, I, I just like joking around with things. And, and I'm really self-aware of a lot of things I do. And I make jokes on myself. So, you know, it's just all in good fun. There's like no ill intent towards that. Ironically enough, I'm going to be talking about true crime content today. Well, it's kind of a hybrid with my personal stories as this one happened in my neighborhood. And as they say, it remains unsolved. All right. So right before I get to the topic of this, I just want to give you guys a warning that this story is going to go into really touchy subjects. And if you guys don't really want to hear it, you guys could feel free to skip this episode. So I'm going to be discussing the two people that have been involved in this incident as I knew them somewhat. The, another one, I knew them since my childhood. I known them for a long time. So, and this was unfortunately the one that wasn't so lucky in the incident. And another thing I'm going to be talking about is the house that's like right next to me. And I'm not really that superstitious. I'm a little stitious, but that house is like really weird. Because every time, well, the family that's there now, they've actually been doing really well. There really hasn't been any problems with them. But like the previous families, there was always like something bad always happening. Like there would always be like family feud, like the family would break apart. And some of the families got diseases as well. And what I mean by that, they got terminally ill. You know, it's like really touchy to talk about. And that's how it's been for the longest time I could remember. Like, my parents always told me the families that lived there, and even the ones I kind of grew up with, like, I couldn't really have any, like, steady conversations or friendships with people because um, the family would always be moving or something would always happen with them. And that's kind of something weird that I noticed. All right, so I'm going to talk about the first guy, the man with the van. And this guy, he looks like he was a really great, like, family man because... Um, he had his wife, his kids, and they all seemed really happy. And there wasn't really any drama that happened between them. It always seemed like, you know, they got along from what we could see on the outside. When they would interact with like the rest of the neighborhood, like they actually got along with everybody really great. And the man with the van actually helped us in Hurricane Irma as he helped clear the way as the, there were trees that fell down and blocked like the way to our homes and this also caused the flood to kind of go deeper than it was supposed to be so you know i could never forget that and you know i commend them for that but the thing is we're going to be talking about this unfortunate day the other one i've known this guy since childhood since i was little he might have had problems with his own family and it was like a lot of internal issues that I can't really speak on their behalf. He was dealing with a lot of internal struggles. 
this kind of caused the family to be rocky for like most of their life. But he tried his best to be the best he could. Like I could see it. And he also was really smart because he was able to create these homemade vehicles that you wouldn't really think somebody could just like make on a spot. And yeah, that's pretty much like the brief summary. I'll just say he's the one with the four-wheeler, as that's how the news articles describe it. And I'm not really going to say any names due to the um, privacy of the families. I just want to keep that private and just go with um, a lot of these um, anonymous titles that I give them. Like the man with the van, four-wheeler man. I guess I'll just go with that just to, um, for the sake of them, you know. All right, so let me talk to you guys about this day. So. This day was really weird because there was smoke all over. There was a wildfire that was going on um, on the East Coast. I live on the West Coast of Florida, and all the smoke was coming towards us. And the smoke got in the skies and the airway. It was really hard to see where to go, where to drive, because it was really that thick. I'm not, I can't even um, exaggerate because it really was that bad. And my... Mom said at the time, at that day, exact day as well, that she felt it was a strange day and something was going to happen. But she just said that out of nowhere, and I just took it with a grain of salt, but this would play a bigger part later. So, you know, we just get through the day, and yeah, I was um, carpooling my parents, and it was hard to view where to go, um, and that smoke, it just gets in your way. And right around nighttime, I picked up my parents and just headed back home. And then once we got back to a road, we saw there was police sirens in the distance, an emergency, and we were kind of in shock what happened. We might have thought it was just like a normal accident that sometimes happens. And as we got closer to the scene, we noticed that the van was flipped and that the four-wheeler broke apart. At the time, we did not see the four-wheeler man, but he was there and he was pronounced dead at the scene. And this kind of took me by shock because we, we didn't see him, but like the rest of the people and the police were able to find him there. And this made my stomach sink, just like thinking about that since, you know, the day was already strange. There was already a negative presence and something like this just happened. It was like really hard to stomach. So my family calls the neighbors, which is the wife now, and the kids now just by themselves. My family calls her and she says, and the wife says the man with the van came all like hurt. He was bleeding and he just came like running towards her and telling her what to do. Like he doesn't know what to do, what's the right thing to do. And the wife told him to go back to the scene. You just got to deal with it that way, unfortunately. Unfortunately, he did not follow with that because he was nowhere to be found. And she was, and she sounded really heartbroken and really like nervous because she thought he was over there, you know, kind of um, doing the more responsible thing. But he just like fled the scene. He abandoned his um, vehicle. And the thing is, we don't know if somebody helped him escape or. If he ran into the woods, because those were theories that the neighborhood were kind of making up because we were all thinking, how was he able to leave in that instance? 
And yeah, unfortunately, the four-wheeler man was pronounced dead at the scene. We couldn't believe it because, like I said, we knew him for the longest of time. And a lot of us were shocked. It was hard to stomach. And as the police was cleaning the scene and it was just coming from the other neighbors, like, I don't know if it's true. I'm not saying it's true. It might have been. I might have not. Apparently, they found alcohol in the van. And, you know, that would be considered a DOI hit and run. And later, after the police kind of cleared the scene, they went to the house next to us. And I suspect that they were kind of looking for him in the house. But they also were asking the wife of his whereabouts. But they weren't unable to resolve that. And after a couple of days, um, the four-wheeler man's son, it took him, like, really hard because despite of everything that happened, you know, there's always this... um family bond that you just can't get rid of he was mourning and even the rest of the family that live you know in other states they came to visit to see the memorial as well and yeah it's overall a sad situation for both sides because the kids if you think about it they gotta like deal with this without a dad and it must be hard on the wife and i i truly feel bad for everybody involved in this situation because it looks like something that could have been prevented. And after a few days, they were making articles of this. And I wish I could show you guys the video, but it seems like the video doesn't have any playback anymore because I guess during that time, it was only to be played in the news source, but now it doesn't even want to play. And all we got are a few photos. It shows like the four-wheeler that broke was taken into... um. I guess the junkyard that the police owns as evidence. And I don't know what happened to the van. They probably took it as well for evidence. But I only saw like the picture they took of the four-wheeler. Still to this day, they don't know. It was under investigation, but it seems to be closed now and unresolved as, you know, they were not able to find any information. I believe that's where this episode's going to end today. It might have been a shorter one, but... It kind of went through like a lot of things that kind of happened here that are not really mentioned as often. So I appreciate you guys for tuning in to the Fusion Verse podcast. And I'll see you guys next episode. You just listen to the Fusion Verse, where everything just happened, better or worse. Don't lose compassion, we're right on track. You'll always be welcomed back.